guys. Welcome to Bitch Rehab. I'm Erin. That's uh, Angela. What up? Dana. Hi. <laughs> and Char, of course. What's going on today? <laughs> you awake? No, I'm just, uh, this is a... Uh, this is quite a day. It's already a day, you and guys, and it's it not is. even 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we are crouched in, in a crowd in a corner at the Ritz Hotel. Yes. As you do. Whispering as one does. <laughs> it's like this is the apocalypse, but it's not. Like, this is what would happen. And this we'll is live we'll podcast be. it. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> Stupid. So I it guess is. we should do like a real reset of, uh, of this is a... Oh. Special edition. It is a special edition, you guys. It's Bitch Talk coupled with Radio Rehab. And we just got out of a pretty, pretty cool interview. I don't yeah, know. really cool. It was. Probably one of the coolest. We could have talk, talked for a lot longer, for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, I could have hung out with them. That was great. It was what Josh and Ben Softy, yeah. the directors, and one of them acted in the movie Good Time with Robert Pattinson, who we also who? just interviewed. I know. Oh. You wouldn't know we interviewed him. <laughs> There's no picture, but yeah, it really did happen, guys. <laughs> it did happen. You'll hear his voice. You'll hear his voice. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the British one. Dana was able to sneak a, a couple of pictures from the Q and A of us, so that will be yeah. That'll probably be the uh, the marquee I mean, picture for sneaking. Really, the word she just you know I just, just snapped it. I was gonna. Sneak I'm sure it, everybody I was. I would have gorilla style ran up to the stage, and be like boop boop boop, <laughs> and then ran out. <laughs> just, just, just like ran out, selfied, and then yeah, out. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, and it would have been so you know blurry, vague, and terrible. Yeah, it would have been his shoulder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or up my nose. Or just, or just my forehead. But uh, you know, if I would have known that you weren't allowed to take pictures, I definitely would have been. Oh, I'm gonna have to take something. But I didn't know. Yeah. So you you asked, and I was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe don't. Yeah. <laughs> maybe don't ask. I took a mental picture. I took several. <laughs> I, um, did I, know. I did too. I did too. Yeah, you, isn't that what guys do when they have sex with a girl? Do they? I think so. They lift up their like mental picture so that they remember everything. Oh, okay. oh wow. That's what I've heard. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm always like, don't care, don't care if I remember. Or not. Well, because them naked isn't the best, right? You know, it's not as pretty. Who as really the, cares anyway. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Moving on. Anyways, yeah, good where, time. Where did everybody? That go? Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna start asking though. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, we we all saw Good Time. Uh, oh yes, back to the movie. Yeah, yeah back to the movie. movie. <laughs> we all saw Good Time. Uh, we we're sucked in out, uh, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. And um, I still am kind of speechless about the film because I wasn't sure what to expect. So then when we all walked out. We're like looking at each other. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. It was good. And the music and and this and that. And then you forget it's Robert Pattinson, which is great because right. that's I think what they wanted. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he gave such a great performance that all like, of oh, the yeah. performances are yes. ridiculous in the film. He did. Yeah. Um, ben, who was one of the directors, mm. his acting oh. job was amazing. He was crying I, from the first five minutes. No, I, I wanted I, to mention it, but I didn't know how to. But when we walked out of the film, I'm like, is he really? Duff, is he challenged? I, I thought so sure. too. I'm like, yeah. Wow, this guy's got it all. And I actually, the so opposite—he's so energetic in yeah. real life. I was yeah. like, Whoa! How opposite. did you even channel this character? It was right. Insane. Well, that's what's interesting is I think that what they did was they interviewed a lot of actually um, mentally challenged people, and it was. But what ended up happening is that Ben learned from the interviews with those people and decided to do the role himself. I wish we asked. We it just didn't have. Notes. Yeah, we needed a lot of time. We only had 15 yeah. minutes, and there was three of us and three of them. So. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he really, uh, 
I mean, I thought he was, he did it well. Yeah, <laughs> he did say. great. This mm-hmm. is, I, and then I didn't know how to compliment him on that. Like, I know. Like, right. Yeah. I did, exactly. That's what I was thinking too. Like, I, how I do you compliment know. someone? <laughs> is, I don't it, know. is it backhanded complimenting? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you do a great job. Yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, this is, yeah, one of my more favorite movies of the year. The, the more I think about it, I mean, getting sucked into it, even though it is one of those, you know, like grit your teeth, cringe type movies where you're mm-hmm. just like oh my god i can't yes. believe that's happening it's or, oh chaos my god. It's like yeah it, it, it's just like it just you know progressively going holy shit and but then i remember watching like in while i was watching i was like dude this is like it's just it's got me it's completely just completely just pulled me in and yanked me in and mm-hmm. i was loving it i was like enjoying the ride and yeah exactly it takes a while to mm-hmm. soak it all in afterwards because like you're they did such a great job of like at times you're repulsed and sympathetic at the same time like both of those exactly. emotions and i'm like how am i feeling both of those things right now it's crazy and like that wouldn't happen but maybe it would like like the reformed criminal in me was loving every minute of that. <laughs> it was like, because it really was like you live moment to moment and it's not so black and reality. white the, these actions are not black you and know white at any point it could end it like at any point his run could end the cops could could get him at any point in the mm-hmm. movie and it just ends the way it ends and ultimately he's doing these sh- some shitty things to save his brother and it's so but it's yeah I, I don't know the other part of it you know not as a spoiler alert but sort of a spoiler uh he was i mean he was shitty and brought his mentally challenged deaf brother back don't to give away the movie <laughs> i mean go see it yeah definitely go see <laughs> I mean, it yeah definitely uh it's definitely worth your time to to go out and check out this movie and see definitely see Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. in a different light. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason Leigh. Je- oh, oh, Jennifer oh, Jason Leigh. Oh my yeah. God, that's Who, a great character. Uh, and I felt like I told Andrew, I'm like, so, I felt like I've known someone like her in my life, which made me cringe even more. Me too. You know, mm-hmm. Just like uh, me too. Like Several people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like too old to be living with their mom and screaming at her because yes. the mom will give her money. Money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> she was something. Yeah. yeah she no. was really good. Yeah. Acting, the acting, the characters, and the music, everything. It was just so on point. It was just, it was just a really great movie. And you see exactly Robert Pattinson, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, who you haven't seen in a while. Like, I just well, keep Well, Hateful Eight, but that's the last time we saw her. That's that was right. a while ago. That, that was, was right. brutal, too. And that was yeah. a great character as well. Mm-hmm. And then and then these guys. Oh, the, the softies? <laughs> the softies. <laughs> they, they, They're not so soft. The, yeah, yeah, the film is anything but soft. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it was hardcore, and I love the whole East Coast vibe of it. And, and 80s vibe, like late I 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of like Midnight Run and Blade yes. Runner. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it had that Dog kind Day of Afternoon, vibe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I loved it. Yep. Yeah, and talking to them was a pleasure, so. Yeah, they I were think, really nice. I think you'll one enjoy hearing this interview. Yeah. Well, I was going to say one more question, or four more questions I had was, I, I read in the press notes that they didn't have permits for a lot of their shoots. That's what I wanted to talk about. So yeah. they were just kind of like all holding hands and her, like running and gunning their shots. Like blocking the, the streets during a chase wow. scene in New York. I'm like, that's what? intense. I'd like to see a video of that. Mm-hmm. Me too. So I thought that was rad. I, I wanted to know how Robert Pattinson felt about that kind of shooting. Um, and then did you read about Ray, the guy who played Ray? And that he oh, was in yeah. Rikers? He was in so prison. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's oh, a jail yeah. guy. I mean, I hate yeah. I'm like, no, that's this actually, isn't a spoiler yeah. alert, but that guy, like a lot of the story he was telling when he's in the back of the cab was improv. It, it, had, it was based on something that happened to him. That story. They didn't write that. Right. And the, the softies paid when he came out of Rikers, by the way, 
they paid for um, acting classes for him before oh he my God. just to refine you know him as an actor and, but the, and the character of Ray I mean he was right. the comedic relief but he was also he added so much to the film he was amazing yeah. so yeah. I don't know this film is it's yeah I could have kept talking good. yeah we could we I know and I don't want to give too to much them, stuff not away. to each other <laughs> right anyway so without further ado here's our interview with these awesome people. It's uh, Ben and Josh Softy, directors of the movie Good Time, and Robert Pattinson, who's acting in it. Okay, so uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you guys for the movie. I loved it very much. When I walked into the theater, I'm really big on soundtracks and music, and when I walked in the theater, I was like, what is this music? I have to get this soundtrack, because I thought it was like New American Orchestra, <laughs> or like, that's who did Blade Runner, I think. Yes. It was like, because that's what it reminded me of. I, the soundtrack was, I didn't realize that was the music for the movie, and it was so intense that it kept me on edge the whole movie. I loved it. How did you come to work with them? It's funny you mentioned Vangelis, Vangelis. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he was literally, you know, he was like a god in our, in, our, um, in our studio when we were doing the soundtrack. I mean, it was, you know, no one ever can come close to him. But yeah, we, 103 Explain Never, uh, OPN, he was a big fan of his, and, uh, you know, I always think that his music was like, soundtracks to movies that don't exist and uh you know i wanted to you know do something we wanted to create a soundtrack that was like a fever within the movie that constantly wanted to break and and the audience is kind of feeling this presence of this it's basically another character in the movie and mm -hmm. uh you know i just i just saw dunkirk for the uh a mm -hmm. uh, few weeks ago and the movie starts with the ticking you know and we we have actually one track in our movie that has a ticking in it uh, it's our little nod to the movie After Hours, actually. Uh, the, the, the track is called uh, Romance Apocalypse on the soundtrack due out August 11th by Warp Records. Uh, I'll be a shill for them. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I, lo I, listen to, I listen to the soundtrack all the time. Actually, I like listen to the soundtrack. I hate flying more than anything. So I was like, I'm going to put the soundtrack on before I start flying. And this movie, putting the soundtrack on, <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, I have to break out of this airplane. What is fun is to listen to the soundtrack of Running Man while you're about to get on a plane. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Faltemeyer was another mood. big guy for us in the, in the studio when we were recording the soundtrack. But the soundtrack, we went crazy. Every little thing had a sound. And I know. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. It, 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 one thing that's very important is, is we didn't want to just kind of slap music on top of the image. You know, the two had to work together. So you, one couldn't be pulling extra weight or else it feels phony or false. But because the two, once the image and the music kind of molded together, you can't take them apart. You know, they became a new thing. And yeah, yeah, it was perfect. And I just wanted to say, from the end, I'm like, Sounds like Iggy Pop. It can't be. It's not Iggy Pop. And then it was Iggy Pop. Yeah. That's how, how we did, thought. Also. Who did he write that? Yeah, he did. I mean, that was. I mean, it was insane. Uh, Dan, we we had tried all these different other pieces of music. We read, I wrote the movie with the ending, writing. You know, David Bowie's Bewley Brothers, mm. and I was like, let's put this in. And then David Bowie died while we were writing. And it was like, oh god, this is crazy. And then, you know, we we did this whole score, and then. We, we kept trying these other pieces of music and we realized like we can't have this incredible score and not have something bespoke at the end. So Dan's like, let me write some music. So he wrote that music and then he's like, oh, I want to put some vocals on top. And we all agreed. And then it's difficult because there's a scene at underneath the ending uh, mm -hmm. song. And uh, he was like, uh, who do you guys want to try for vocals? And I was like, I don't know. I threw out some names and he threw out Iggy Pop. And I was like, OK, yeah. How about Frank Sinatra? Like it's the most <laughs> right. ridiculous, ridiculous thing for him to suggest. And He's like, no, 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 let's show the movie to Iggy Pop. I can get to his manager, and if he likes the movie, he'll want to do it. And Iggy loved the movie, and, and um, I had 
no idea. All I knew is that he liked the movie and that he wanted to do this song, but we had no idea what he actually thought, the nuances of his thought. And we just went into the studio and he's like, guys, I wrote some music. I'm going to sing it. And then I did some spoken word stuff. And basically it was like reading a live review by like your favorite artist of your movie. And he and his interpretation of the film was so beautiful because he saw the film from both Connie's point of view and Nick's point of view. That's why he wrote The Pure and the Damned are one. And, and like, honestly, it was he's the king of termite art. And our movie, I consider, is very much a piece of termite art. You know, it's like entertainment first. And then, you know, the, the art kind of seeps in and you start to understand and ask yourselves like weird reflection of our times right now. So <laughs> I think that he he really blessed this movie with like a, an incredible, incredible song. And if there's any justice to the Academy, he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Thank you. I just want to see him perform that on like, yeah. me too. Oh, no kidding. With, me too. I can with listen OPN. to it all day. Yeah. And if you ever seen a one out tricks point never show, they're really insane. So I just want to see like Dan in his weird cloak. <laughs> Iggy singing. I could see that happening. Oh, I. It's going to happen. Let's just say it now. Let's just <laughs> it's just happening happen. now. And so it is. Yeah, and so it is. Uh, I guess my question is about the opening scene of the film. Uh, did you guys intend for it to be that quiet and for Connie just to come in and then start the film right away? Because we were, when we walked out of the film, we, lo we looked at each other, we were like, that first scene, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, it just sucks you yeah. in. From I'll, I'll let them talk about the actual like nuances of the scene, but I we 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 constructed the character. You know, Rob approached us to do this movie, right. and, and mm -hmm. we wanted to, you know, and we built it just for him and and with him in a way. You know, we were constantly bouncing things off of him, but we wanted to introduce Connie in a very heroic fashion. Mm -hmm. We also wanted Connie to be like this guy who comes into our world. Like we were making these kind of more hybrid films where where things were unbelievably realistic, like almost to a perversion. And we wanted it to be like Connie, a.k.a. Rob, has just come into our world and just grabbed it by its ears, its horns, and just like reared it in this crazy direction. And conceptually, we wanted to do something like that and introduce Rob, you know, as almost like a guy who's just jumped into this movie. Into well, you guys world. teased us. He's, you know, sitting there crying, Nick. And we're about to cry. Yeah. And all oh, of a sudden, no, not Connie comes to, and yeah. we're like, oh, no, we're not. Yeah. Okay, okay, no. Yeah. It's funny as well because we I remember when we were shooting that scene and it was, we hadn't entirely established what the character was going to be. I mean, up until the first day, I remember just being in a total state of panic. Like, I mean, even though we spent <laughs> like three months like working on it, we've done tons and tons and tons of work on it. <laughs> but then your section of the scene took like slightly longer than I thought it was going to take. And then the power kept going out in the hospital where we we're shooting. And <laughs> I'd like, it's basically, I mean, I always kind of always thought of Connie that he's basically had some kind of nervous breakdown like well, before. Yeah, the, he's the, got something going wait, on. The, <laughs> the power was going out on its own or were you guys just well, messing with him to oh. build? We were messing with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and I'd kind of, I'd psych myself up to just the point of just like being in a total like red mist. And uh, and then they kept saying, yeah, well, it's going to be another hour or whatever. So I was oh. just pacing up and down this <laughs> corridor for about four hours before I actually walked into the room. <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah. And then kind of had to maintain that energy for the next seven weeks. I just remember seeing... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I going to say like five minutes. Yeah. No. I remember seeing Rob running back and forth in like a hallway. I would be sitting in a room working on something, like a, tweaking the scene. And I would just see him like sprinting down the <laughs> hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I guess it, it is. It's important though because what what's happening is, is in that scene you're kind of we're slowly kind of cranking this this machine and it's it's building up kind of this kinetic energy that you don't really know what's happening and you're 
you're you're watching this guy Nick feel things he doesn't want to feel. He's being prodded. Mm-hmm. He's being pushed. And right from the beginning, you're kind of in this guy's head, and he doesn't want you there. And it's a very uncomfortable place to be. And but here's this guy Peter pushing and pushing and pushing. And then you have Connie come in. And what I love about it is, yeah, it's, originally it was like, okay, it's like we were like Rob rushed into our lives and kind of opens the door and takes us on this journey. But in this movie, it's it's not it's not Rob that opens the door; it's Connie that mm-hmm. opens the door, and you really mm-hmm. feel that. And then what was a real breakthrough for for I guess me and Rob was in that elevator, you know, where it we were shooting in the, in the it had to really be this intense emotional scene. And like he kisses me and he, we got really close and it was it was very special. You know, it was a real moan of just kind of nakedness for the two of us where we were just kind of wa- being in this emotional place. And Nick doesn't want to feel any emotions. And it was just a special. Remember, a this special was the feeling. first day of shooting. Yeah. That was day one. We decided to shoot this stuff. And, and Peter, who plays the psychiatrist, right. is a really, really sweet guy. But in reality, he was a former public defender and a criminal lawyer. He right. represents, you know, low end criminals, you know, some high profile criminals. But he, you know, he really knows this world of municipal, bureaucratic, institutionalized New York mm-hmm. and America at large. He knows it really well. And when we talked, he would ask me all the time, he goes, is my character evil? And I would say, Depends on who you ask, yeah. you know, like <laughs> right. you can, Which you know, Connie definitely sees him as mm-hmm. evil. Nick doesn't like being with him, but society, a lot of people in society do see, you know, see this man as, as someone who means well. He's, he might be a part of the system, but he's actually part of the system who has a heart. You know, there are people you come across right. that always blow my mind. Like the woman who's in the jail sequence, who plays Nick's lawyer, mm-hmm. she's an actual public defender, and we were blown away oh. by her compassion as well. Wow. So yeah, wow. We, oh, there's a lot of people in the movie where we pulled directly from the real right. occupation, uh, where they, you know, where they're just bringing like in the Street jail. Street casting, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're bringing like the that. real former commissioner of jails and to play as a correctional officer. We're bringing, you know major high-ranking bloods to play inmates in in uh you know in the in the day room and you know new york nypd cops you right know, we're oh doing yeah that throughout and, the and talia right her name talia, is Ta- yeah, talia. talia yeah she's wow incredible yeah. Incre- i mean she was oh. just you asked for open casting <laughs> yeah. and she's like hey well that we got like six seven hundred people showed up when we were like yeah, let's yeah. do an open cast <laughs> she said the oh yeah she said she said right before she went she's like i'm gonna wash my face <laughs> slay my dragon <laughs> and then go out the door that's she went literally came to the open casting and Every rehearsal, she was determined to get the part, but we didn't. Of course, yeah. but that's just her wow. attitude. Right? You know, yeah. Just like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get this. But yeah, slay my dragon. Like, that yeah. was like <laughs> that's she was like she wasn't gonna go. Well, we, we, she wasn't gonna do it. Right. We, which we kept, which dragon are you slaying? We kept yeah. we kept bringing her back. Like she she showed up and she was originally like we wanted to maybe cast someone who is over the age of 18 for the sake of prague you know because we're just shooting such right. long hours and you there's a lot of child laws in new york so you can't shoot at a certain amount of hours so and so she was younger than that so we were like shoot man how are we gonna how like but she was so good and like her interview we don't audition people like give them lines we basically interview people and our casting director held this interview with her and she just was incredible she also also postured that she didn't give a shit about anything really <laughs> she was just kind of like this is my life i'm tough i'm doing my thing she was on on, on the stairs at the top of the stairs at can on facetime to her cousin but she like postured that she had no idea who rob was turns out she was a massive twilight fan so it was oh. just like, but she's playing it cool yeah, yeah. Playing her she's, dragon yeah right? exactly and she really was she she's incredible because like 
<laughs> in, in all of our auditions, we would do these improvised kind of uh, tests. And she was always incredible through improv. But then once we started giving her lines, like I think she can go on to be a huge Disney actress. Like because she, her instincts when she has lines are to play things very traditionally and conventionally. Mm. And, and like, but then we would try to break that down. So it was interesting. So she was like kind of like a reverse first timer. She was like had this professionalism to her and we constantly had to knock it down. And get her to be because she's so good in the movie. She yeah. really yeah. holds the, her own. Yeah, what's the authenticity. Really believe that she wants to break free. She of that could be world a spinoff character. Well, what's what's what, what yeah. was amazing about her was she would always see what Crystal would do and reflect it on herself. She's like, I would never do that, but Crystal would do that. But knowing what she would do and knowing what the character wouldn't do allowed her to play it with a very real, real mentality because she was aware of certain limitations that she would have or do, and this character would just want to get out of this house. You know, she's like, I wouldn't, she's like, yeah, right. I would go on like out on the night with this white guy out in the middle of the street. You know, she would never do that. <laughs> Why she's like, not? But, but she's like, but now I look at this character and she's stuck in this house with this grandmother and this person. She's like, I don't want to be here. So she's like, I'll go outside. But to the differentiation she was able to make, it was, it was important. Not for a spoiler alert for our fans, of course, but I have to ask the makeout scene between Connie and Crystal. I mean, was that planned or was it on the spot? He's <laughs> got to no, distract. I know. mean, that's a very written moment because okay. he's. Well, I was yeah. like, uh, yeah, you're, uh, I don't I mean, know. You're basically uncomfortable throughout yeah. the entire yeah, film, right? Yeah, it was right? very and uncomfortable. Was just like, so oh, it's a different. Well, he, has, he, has to, he has to distract. <laughs> it's pure pragmatism. You I know? Think, yeah, but I think also there's, there's there's levels of Connie as a character where you kind of. You're, he's doing something wrong mm -hmm. and you're watching him going, but like, oh, well, he sort of doesn't seem like that bad. But you're guy. still sympathetic, yeah. He's testing, yeah. It, he's testing <laughs> your, your, uh, the levels of your morality. acceptance, acceptance right. and morality. I mean, it gets kind of worse and worse. And it's kind of, you're, you're kind of going with someone and you're like, oh, am I uh, complicit now? <laughs> like, um, I, think that, I think that Connie, like when he's sitting there prior to that scene, there's a scene where he's watching her interact with her grandmother. Mm -hmm. and I think he feels an insane deep empathy for this girl, Crystal, because he's like, oh, I had an immigrant grandmother who was always on my case and I hated it. And all I wanted to do is get out of here. So there's that moment where he kind of feels like there's a connection and they do connect on the couch. Yeah, I mean, there was also, there was a much longer scene initially where it's like, what I like, I really wanted to make the whole thing. He's completely in love with her. He falls in love with her, and the thing. I mean, that's when they're sitting. When they're sitting, at the, like, he's, like I think all these parts of the movie where he seems like he's sort of being manipulated or whatever. I don't think in his head he's being manipulative. It's literally like you're. I mean, obviously he kind of doesn't want her to watch the TV. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, there, there's this kind of weird line where he can't really tell if he's lying or can't really tell what his intentions are. Hundred percent. Yeah. And like, it's just so kind of forward momentum. Um, but yeah, yeah, we had this really long scene where he's talking about his. He's basically the, the only person he initially confided in was was Crystal, mm -hmm. um, and really wanted her to believe that he's some kind of sort of. He basically can see the future yeah. and see with her. Yeah. And oh. see <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, then when he sits there and tells her in the car, he gives her that speech like. Our, my this night as messed up as fucked up as it's been, I feel like it's tied to my purpose, and now you yes. are some part of mm -hmm. that purpose. It means it. 
Yeah, yeah, he does mean it. He really does mean it. But then he'll turn around and say, I mean, I'll take a shit in that guy's house. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm like, does he mean it? Or he's about to take a shit? I know. Yeah. It's it's or he just wanted a burger. It's you know? the yeah, I don't burger. know. Be a good girl. Yeah. The speed at which he moves, you know, you don't know. It's like you really don't it's have the time. one of my time. favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when we were shooting it, it was like when we talked, to, when we talked about the scene in the beginning, we talked about it like being like this teen romance all of a sudden, like this car <laughs> in the suburbs and late yes, at night. And yeah. you're talking about the future and the stars and reincarnation yeah. with the dogs. And there was there know, was one. I remember there was one take where we said to 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 Rob, like when you say hello, like be, barely be audible. And it's just like <laughs> yeah, I just remember like it just registered on the microphone where he was like. <laughs> but it was like this. I mean, he's a really creepy guy. I mean, there's, there's a lot of it. A lot, a lot of creepiness. Too. <laughs> it was like I don't know how you were able to get your voice that. I know. Low. I can't believe it either. <laughs> I, I remember looking over at Benny, who was you know, running the boom, and he was just like, I look at him, and he goes, "A long. You wait. You gave it the most pregnant pause I've ever seen. Like, where Chris Talia was almost looking at him, like, when are you going to start this this dialogue? And then he just looks at her. You stare at her for a long time. You just go. Oh. <laughs> See, but th- what's funny is none of the, that's not in the movie, but it's felt in the scene. You know, when he closes that, when uh, Ray closes the door and they're kind of seeing that pause is felt. All the stuff ends up not necessarily being in the film, but being in the film and its texture and its emotions. So. We're getting right. the we're getting the finger, guys. Literally, so yeah, we're not giving you the finger. Just to be clear, we're being nope. flipped off. Yeah, yeah. these guys. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Great Thank movie. Yeah, it was good luck. We'll, we'll see you guys at the Oscars. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cheering on Iggy Pop. Thank and you. the Grammys. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Egots. Thanks to uh, Ben and Josh Softy and uh, Robert Pattinson, who you may or may not have heard of, but he's a little little known actor that's in this small film called Good Time, which comes out Friday, August 18th in a theater near you. Go see it. This has been a joint interview with Radio Rehab and Bitch Talk. Bitch, please. Keep coming back. <laughs> Touch me. Cure me. From love, the damned always act from love.